Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're currently in San Fernando, La Union, in the northern Philippines. And we're continuing our podcast series, interviewing fellow dads, fellow entrepreneurs, fellow authors. And I'm super excited for our guest today. His name is Brian Gordon. Brian is the founder of Foul Language Comics. I had a chance to look at these comics right before the interview, and man, was I laughing. So I highly recommend checking out some of the amazing work he has done on his website and also on his book series as well. Uh, so we're excited to bring up Brian. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So Brian, uh, we, started, we love to start off a show to get to know our guests a little bit better. So why don't you share a little bit more about your story? Uh, sure. Uh, I've been cartooning since I was about uh, six years old, I guess. Uh, and it's been kind of a, uh, a lifelong dream of mine to cartoon. Um, I was with Hallmark uh, making greeting cards for about 18 years. And uh, about, uh, I guess, three years ago, I got laid off and uh, I started doing Foul Language, this cartoon that I write about uh, me and my kids and uh, all the frustrations and uh, all the ups and downs and uh, kind of crazy things that happen as a parent. Uh, and it started out just, uh, initially I started before I got laid off and it was just kind of a hobby. But when, once I didn't have any other means to make an income, uh, I decided to give it a whirl because I didn't have any other options. So uh, yeah, and against all odds, it uh, kind of blew up and uh, I got uh, a couple of, uh, you know, a number of book offers, which turned into an actual book. And yeah, that's my job now. It's just uh, writing about me and my kids in duck form as weird as that is. So here I am today. <laughs> here you are indeed. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, the greatest like things that you think are difficult become a blessing in disguise. So probably when you got laid off, you were going through all these emotions. You're like, how could they do this to me? But now it's turned into this amazing <clears throat> miracle. So thank you, Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was a blessing in disguise uh, in as much as uh, I would tell people that, you know, so often, uh, especially after, <clears throat> excuse me, after so many years, uh, you know, you'd get frustrated with uh, uh, working for a corporation and everybody would sit around and, and talk about like, oh, if I ran this place, I'd do it this way and that way. And, and, and then uh, now I run this place and I have to, <laughs> you know, actually make good on all my big talk about how amazing everything would run if I just was in control. So. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's gone well. It's, uh, and I'm super grateful for the experience. And, and I, after 18 years, I think I had more or less said everything I could do. And I was feeling kind of like I was spinning my wheels. So this is kind of a, a fun next chapter for me to, uh, uh, just write about something more personal than, you know, greeting cards. So. So you mentioned the word or the phrase, it blew up. Uh, tell us a little bit about how did that happen? It doesn't just happen like a bomb or dynamite. Oh. Obviously, there was some strategy involved there. Uh, tell yes. us about uh, from the beginning to the point where it blew up. What did you do and how did you grow it to the point where you know, it became viral or people took sure. massive notice about it? Uh, well, it's, it's funny. The, the day I got uh, laid off, I actually uh, heard from... Uh, Huffington Post. I, they had posted a number of my cartoons, 
uh, and they would check in every once in a while to see if I had other cartoons, because my cartoons did pretty well on their uh, Huffington Post parents page. Uh, so the day I got laid off at one o'clock on Tuesday, uh, back in 2015, and at three o'clock, I got an email from them uh, saying like, hey, you have any new cartoons? And so I wrote back and I'm like, you can have all the cartoons because no one else wants my cartoons anymore. <laughs> and they're like, oh no. So we were just kind of bantering back and forth through email. And uh, the very nice woman who I've been in contact with uh, said like, we should do a thing on you maybe. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Do all the things on me. <laughs> I'm like, because I can use, I can use some things on me right now. Uh, so they uh, did this uh, uh, lovely kind of uh, interview with me and that kind of kickstarted things. And so I was like, at the time I was like, ah, I made it. Now I'm going to be famous and things are going to be great. And I had like a really good weekend and then things got real quiet again. And I was like, oh no. So it was a nice perk, uh, but it was like, oh, well, so much for that. But then I, I had uh, other people reach out. I had... Uh, <clears throat> A website called Board Panda reached out, and they did. They wanted to do like a, a collection of my cartoons, and I was like, "Oh, sure, great! Oh, this is my big chance!" And again, I had like a really good weekend, and then things got quiet. And then BuzzFeed reached out, and I'm like, "Okay, well, BuzzFeed's huge. Surely this will be the thing that puts me over the top." And they did a little interview, post my comics. Great weekend, got real quiet again. It would, I'd have these little spikes of popularity. I'd gain a you know a few thousand more fans, and then it would die down again. And I was so quickly, I was becoming really jaded. I was like, well, this is just nothing. So, uh, and then uh, the website Upworthy reached out and uh, I had seen Upworthy on the internet, whatever, but uh, I was like, okay, Upworthy, great. Here's another good weekend. And so I kind of put off the interview and I was like, they sent me a thing and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Ed. And uh, so they, the, the woman, uh, this woman, Laura, reached out. She's like, no, Ed, so are you actually going to get back to us about this? I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, of course. So I, I filled out the little interview survey, you know, like where to get my start. And sent her a collection of like 15 cartoons and sent it off. I'm like, here you go. All right. And then she got to let you know when I post it. I'm like, yeah, great. Good weekend. Whatever. So she posted it and I had a phenomenal weekend. And I'm like, well, that, that was worth it, I guess. And then it continued it to Monday. And I'm like, oh, it's a really good, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then through the week. And I'm like, well, this is unusual. I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I did this. And then it just, it instead of like dipping down, it just kept climbing and climbing. Like the next week it got bigger, the next week after that it got bigger. And uh, I had a, a friend who worked with this woman and she wrote to me like on the, uh, cut on the side, like, I shouldn't say anything, but people at Upworthy are freaking out because they've never seen numbers like this before. Your, your little, the article they posted is just blowing up like crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. so I'm like, and I'm like, they're like, they don't know why it's happening. And I'm like, I don't know why it's happening. <laughs> like, I've tried this a number of times and, you know, I've never had this sort of thing resonate. And so it ended up being the uh, going so crazy viral. I believe it was the fourth most shared thing on all of Facebook in the world in 2015. So just this little collection That's of incredible. silly cartoons just blew, like, you know, it, you know, every, the term viral gets thrown around all the time, but this went like hyper viral, huge. And 
So I got like a slew of book offers and a ton of interviews. I was in the local newspaper and, you know, whatever. It's just like, what big, big, big. So uh, that was great. And uh, there's no real, you know, way to, I wish I could replicate that. I'd do it every other month. You know, I'd have stuff go huge. And other people have posted the same group of cartoons and for whatever reason, they weren't able to catch lightning in a bottle. But uh, those cartoons on that site with that interview just blew up. So uh, it was just very fortuitous and I'm super grateful that it happened. So, but that connected me to, like I said, a bunch of book publishers. And uh, now I, I work with uh, Andrews McNeil, which happens to be here in uh, Kansas City where I live. Uh, so that's nice. I could go down if they have any questions like, oh, can you check out, uh, you know, the a preview of the book? It could be great. And I'll just go take a 10 minute drive and I could be at the publisher versus if I had a publisher in New York, California or somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, so that was great. And then that led to a second book. Uh, so my first book got published in 2016, second one in 2017, working on a third collection now. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's going well. You know, I'm um, I'm still getting bought. You know, like I wish the the money was could uh, you know like was equal to the amount of people that are reading it. But you know, that's just you know how it goes. So um, yeah, that that's where I'm at as a uh, a uh, web cartoonist slash dad blogger, whatever you want to call my job. So. <laughs> no, definitely, yeah, yeah. Congratulations on that. I mean, one of the key lessons here is you didn't give up and you didn't just uh, brush it off because you could have. And then you could have, uh, you know, brushed off on that one miracle in the bottle, as you put it, that it has led to the success that you've had it. So, yeah, good on you for yeah, accepting. And uh, whatever happened, just have to be grateful for that moment. Yes, absolutely. It's the sort of thing where initially, um, it, Another thing I tell people when uh, they ask is, uh, and I, I, unfortunately, I'm at a spot now where I can kind of relax a little bit, but especially in the beginning, I would reach out and uh, just, who would want to post my cartoons? Who would want my stuff? And I would reach out to various websites and uh, even go over to Reddit and try and find uh, Reddit pages where, you know, whether it was dad-related or I'd read a cartoon that was you know, something more esoteric and I would like post it over there. Just, just try and get the word out as much as I could about my existence because, you know, there's, you know, countless distractions on the internet in the world and, you know, like radio, TV, movies, everything. So I'm like, it's, it's hard to get noticed, you know, even, you know, as big of a splash as I made in 2015, that's still like one splash in a, a world of a countless splashes. So, um, so I, it, it's, it was really hard at first to, to make that in there, but it, yeah, it's, uh, you really have to be tenacious, I found, to just keep going. And um, it, it, there's countless reasons to give up, <laughs> you know, because there, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I could just have a day job and I could just go in and get my paycheck and be done. And wouldn't that be so much easier? But uh, I'd go crazy. I know I would. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. 
I believe every entrepreneur said that at some point about, well, why don't I just return to regular salary, uh, consistency, stability. I don't have to work nights. I can just work nine to five, done. Yes. Weekends are free, evenings are free. But there's this joy of having freedom, even though the income might not be as stable, but this freedom is a value that a lot of us who are entrepreneurs hold so dearly. Yes, exactly. You know, like today is uh, Labor Day. Yes, know, it is. In America. And, uh, so I'm, you know, today's, you know, the day you're supposed to take off, but I'm like, okay, I've got to make my prints. I've got to finish my cartoon. I got, you know, it's like, it's just a very, you know, whether it's, you know, Sunday night or Monday afternoon or whatever, I'm just working all the damn time. So, uh, I, I, am kept very busy. I very, you know, but at the same extent, I have flexible hours. So if I need to take the kids to a soccer game or I have to be at a PTA meeting or whatever else, if I want to go to the gym middle of the day, I can do that. So there's upsides and downsides for sure. So, yeah, Brian, there's definitely uh, upsides and downsides. One of the things I'm curious about is your whole creative process because uh, you obviously have a lot of ideas, and uh, sometimes you get through writer's block. I mean, all of us who are authors probably go through that as well. Tell us about how you're constantly creative. Where do you come up with ideas? And tell us about that. How is that happening for you? Sure. Um, well, uh, coffee helps a lot. I find. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a lot of places where uh, I found that I get my ideas best. Uh, coffee shops work well for me. Uh, the shower works really well for me, where I'll just be, because that's uh, actually maybe where I've written some of my best work is, you know, naked in a shower uh, with no access to paper or but the great thing is I don't have access to a phone or a TV or anything. I'm just in there alone with my thoughts. And, you know, I just, I get to daydreaming and I just kind of, uh, I probably don't bathe as well as I do when I, I book days where I'm more focused, but you know, it's uh, for lack of cleanliness, I do come up with more ideas. So uh, I, you know, I'll just be in there and I'll just, my mind starts wandering and I'll just start uh, kind of free associating and then I'll be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if X plus Y and whatever and like, huh. And so the trick is to take that and then dry off as quickly as I can and then somehow get it on paper or, or type it into my computer or whatever and make sure I have those ideas, uh, that germ of an idea uh, recorded. And so usually it's, uh, for me, it's getting uh, the, the basic idea down if I, you know, I'll, I'll run through the, the possibilities in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something about uh, uh, food and the frustrations around whatever, and maybe it has this twist. I'm like, okay, and I, and I know I can work out the details when I actually sit down. But it's the, the hardest part is getting the initial inspiration. I know I can shine up an idea when I sit down, or at least I usually can. Uh, but the, the hardest part is just getting the initial idea. So uh, whether I'm you know, going for a walk or I'm sitting in a coffee shop, you know, drinking my 33rd, you know, cappuccino or whatever it might be. And just like, okay, that, and I'll just jot it down. I'm like, okay, that there's something to that. I, you know, I've been doing this long enough that luckily I'm, I have the, uh, the ability to discern what's going to work and what won't most times. Uh, and so it's sort of thing like that, that seems like a good idea and I'll just jot it down and I'm like, all right, and then I'll sit down later and I'm like, all right, take that idea. And then it's just a matter of like translating that into something that, uh, 
make sense for a broader audience and I'll tweak it and refine it. And, you know, I, I might have a, it might be a single panel cartoon, but, you know, with two word balloons, but I'll, you know, sit there and edit those word balloons, like, you know, 20 times over, like uh, shorten it, lengthen you know, it. Maybe this is the longer setup and this is a shorter payoff, or maybe I should have a roll short than all the payoffs in the second. So I, I really go back and forth for as simple as it is. Uh, I really agonize over the process of trying to make it work. So, and sometimes I'm more successful than others. And, you know, sometimes there's times where I, I think I'm going to knock it out of the park and it just falls flat in its face. And there's other times where I just kind of, just kind of gets like down. It's like, all right, well, this isn't my best day, but it's something and I'll, I'll do better next time. And that explodes and that does way better than I thought. And everybody thinks it's brilliant. And that was something that I thought was, you know, that I almost didn't finish because I was, uh, you know, so disgusted with, you know, how hacky, hacky or cliche it may have been, but, you know, somebody else likes it. So yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of trial and error, um, mostly error, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm making the best of it. So. Yeah, you are indeed. So Brian, uh, we love interviewing authors on the show and most of the authors we've interviewed, I would say I've done probably 60 or 70 author interviews. Most of them are self-published. The very minority are published by a traditional publisher. So tell us about that journey for you. You obviously got picked up uh, by many different publishing houses. Uh, tell us about how that process was uh, for you to get published. Well, uh, I was very fortunate. It's, uh, it's you know, I've been on both sides. I, I, I considered self-publishing, and I considered, uh, of course, being published by an actual publisher. Um, the upside to self-publishing is that there's just a lot more money on every book. Uh, you know, you might, you, you keep way more of the profits if you self-publish versus if you have a publisher do it. Uh, the upside to having a publisher doing it is that they do it and then it's in stores. And instead of you, you know, having to, you know, fulfill orders from home or whatever, it's, just it's in stores. So he wants to find your book. They can go to Amazon. They can walk into their local bookstore, uh, and the book's there. So I, you know, was like I knew myself. I knew that given the opportunity, I wanted to do a traditional publisher just because uh, I hate mailing things. I hate having to, you know. I, I know how disorganized. I, I, I just enough, you know, like of a uh, workload for me to make the cartoons, uh, write the cartoons, do the other freelance I do, keep my kids fed, you know, occasionally get myself in a shower, you know, et cetera, so on. And uh, on top of all that to like, oh, and now I have to mail a thousand books out. You know, like I have to make the pack up, mailing labels, make sure it's going the right place, deal with the, the books that got that didn't make it there, got returned, had the wrong address, whatever. Like I, that's, I would go, I'd lose my mind. I would, you know, walk into the nearest gas station and give them my resume and get any sort of a job that if I had to do that. So um, I, that's just me. Other, I know other guys who are far more organized and they're like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, maximizing my profits. I'm really organized. I just figured out I could do this on a Tuesday morning. I get it all banged out and I have to work. I'm like, that's not me. That's not who I am. I, I appreciate that. And I wish I was that guy, but I'm not. So uh, I, did more, I, I was more inclined to doing the traditional publisher. And like I was saying before, with the, uh, the thing going viral and getting the attention, 
I actually had started to bother uh, Anderson McNeil, who eventually went to publish me before it gone viral. And uh, it's, it was, you know, they were interested. I was on, you know, that they had heard of me. I was on the, the radar, but then when this exploded, it was obviously more appealing for them to like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it, it was a way to prove to them or anybody that I was, you know, worthy of their attention and that there was, mm. you know, uh, a, uh, a, a broad appeal to what I do that so they could like, oh, okay, well, he's obviously proved himself. And, and that's hard because the cartoons didn't change. It was just like having, proving it to them was the hard, hardest part because they, like any business or any person, they're, they're risk adverse. They don't want to lose money. So they want to, you know, place the safest bets they can. So when that went viral, it, uh, it lessened their fear that, you know, no one was going to like this cartoon. They saw what that there was, you know, millions of people like responding to this post. So they, you know, suddenly they were more willing to take that chance. Definitely makes uh, sense there, Brian. So since you've uh, made, uh, quote unquote, made it over the last three years as a full-time illustrator, blogger, freelancer, what advice would you give to someone who is watching or listening to this interview and they're considering being an illustrator and they're like, oh man, will I be able to make it? How should I succeed? Any tips or advice you'd give to the aspiring illustrator, Brian? Uh, oh gosh. Um, I would say that uh, you have to be very passionate about it. like anything in the arts uh you better be passionate about doing it and want to do it uh have the sort of tenacious um love of doing what it is if it's it's the sort of thing like you get into it if you get into like doing web comics or blogging or anything else for the cash and fame then you'll be sorely disappointed <laughs> it's the sort of thing like it better be part of your DNA uh, to do this because it's there's such a uh, high chance that you won't make it. And uh, one of the you know I, I joke that um, one of the secrets to my success has been that I never learned how to do anything else. I, I never gave myself an out, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody because uh, it's, it's a very foolish thing to do. Uh, but I, from age six on, I put on my blinders and I'm like, I'm going to be a cartoonist. And initially I thought I was going to be in newspapers. I didn't realize newspapers were going to mostly go away. So that wasn't going to be a, uh, uh, it'd be like, you know, like I'm going to work at Blockbuster when I grew up and then Blockbuster disappears. So I was like, I'm going to be a newspaper cartoonist and then newspapers went away. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be some sort of cartoonist. So, uh, luckily Hallmark worked out for many years. And then I'm like, okay, Hallmark, you know, I started seeing the writing on the wall there. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I still want a cartoon. This is what I do. This is what I've been wanting to do since I was six. So I just kind of figured out a way to do it. Uh, and it was hard. I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's so many other, there's an infinite amount of other jobs you can do that are so much easier. You know, you could, you know, bag groceries or be a lawyer or anything. I mean, uh, and not to dismiss lawyers or you know, like grocery baggers, but it's, it's sort of, there's other more traditional, easier paths to take. So if you really want to do it, you, you have to really have that fire in your belly to do it and just be 
hyper tenacious about pursuing it and uh, and uh, pursuing all the means that your cartoon can get out there. So whether that means calling up friends or websites that you think that would uh, like your stuff or whatever, you just have to really be a self-promoting person. And, and that's hard for a lot of people. It was for me where I would love to just sit back, make it and have it, you know, explode on its own. But that's, you know, has been the case, you know, it, I've had to, you know, pursue a lot of different venues to get the word out there about my stuff. So. So now that you've done these two books and upcoming one, uh, tell us about the future vision. Obviously, uh, you're always trying to grow and uh, monetize more. Tell us about your strategies for the future. Well, uh, I'm trying to, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that about myself is I find that if I do any one thing for too long, I start getting bored and then I, I the worry is that, that that will reflect my work and you know, it's doing what to do something that you have to be passionate about. You have to keep that passion going, whether it's, uh, you know, it's not unlike, I don't know, um, trying to maintain a healthy relationship with a significant other. You know, you have to keep it interesting and keep the passion going and keep, you know, uh, just make sure you're having fun to one extent or another. So uh, for me, I'm like, OK, I've, done, I've been doing this cartoon about my kids for five years. And I still love doing it, but I'm like, where else can, what can I, what else can I do? What can I add to this? So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm working on a, a children's book on the side and uh, I'm looking to like, well, maybe I could do uh, something more travel oriented. Like I could travel with my kids or, or do something and do more uh, travelogues. You know, I've written everything I, I possibly can, or at least some days it feels like I've written everything I possibly can about what it's like to be in, you know, this dining room I'm in right now, like trying to feed my kids over there or, you know, so it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe it'd be fun to write about what it'd be like to be traveling with them somewhere else in the world. You know, like all the, the frustrations, the ups and downs, the joys, the frustrations, the experiences we might have. So uh, that's kind of like the next thing I'm, I'm really kind of, that's get me, excited is the idea of like, oh, and maybe if I, you know, start doing more traveling with them or something that we can, uh, you know, write about that experience and it'd be just fresh and new for all of us. And that's, you know, it's, I've always found that if I'm excited about something that it reflects in the work. And if I'm excited about like, oh, we're in South America or the Antarctic or wherever you end up, you know, like that, it's like, that it will reflect in the, the work and versus like, oh, Brian's written his 10,000th cartoon about trying to get the kids to eat at the dining room table. You know, it's like, okay, well, what is, you know, wouldn't it be fun to write about trying to get them to eat in Singapore or, or wherever we might end up, you know? So, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the, the next big adventure for me, uh, hopefully is trying to figure out a way to travel more with the kids and see where, uh, that leads me and the cartoons and my kids. So. Well, we have whole, we have a whole podcast dedicated to that topic about <laughs> making money and traveling. We have about I think four hundred ninety plus episodes. So, and there's a lot of them are families. I would say about hundred plus of them are families. The rest of them are individuals, couples, and definitely people have figured out a way. Uh, you know, usually 
has to do with cheaper parts of the world, you know, uh, not hanging out in Canada, the U.S. or Europe too much, but hanging out in <laughs> Central and South America, Asia, like I am hanging out here in the Philippines, and, uh, you know, parts of Africa, which are much cheaper than Australia, Europe, and North America. Yeah, that's the sort of thing, like, I wish we could, like, oh, and I'll take the kids to Paris and Tokyo, or whatever it's like, but, like, yeah, no, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe some more uh, uh, humble locations that, uh, you know, where we can actually afford to do such things, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely a consideration I've already considered, so. It sounds good, definitely looking forward to following you on the journey ahead. So, Brian, if people wanted to grab a copy of your books and also check out your comics and your social media, I know you have a huge following on social media. Tell us about all those ways that people can connect. Uh, sure thing. Uh, well, uh, the maybe the two biggest sources of uh, 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 social media for me right now are Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you just do a simple search on either of those. I'm also on uh, Tumblr and Twitter. Uh, Twitter for me is more of a, a play space where I'll write about, you know, a lot of non-parenting stuff. Uh, it just kind of random thoughts and whatever observations. But uh, the Instagram and, and uh, Facebook are probably where most of my fans are and uh, where I get most of the interaction going. But to a lesser extent, Tumblr, if you're a Tumblr fan. Uh, but yeah, or you can go to my website directly and I have an app there that you can uh, download for Android and iPhone uh, at uh, foullanguagecomics.com. So, All right, nice and easy, foullanguagecomics.com and I'll have the social media links as well. Uh, definitely uh, follow Brian on uh, Instagram. He has a massive following on there, uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter, etc. So Brian, uh, thank you for sharing all about your journey to become an illustrator and your phenomenal uh, books and comics and uh, your, your journey you had taking foul language comics on the road. Thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Make sure you connect with Brian. I'll have his links below. Make sure you connect with us. We're daddyblogger.com. I'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.